Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Gay With God podcast. I am Midge Noble, your host, and I'm very glad that you're here. And today we're going to have another episode that's more intimate, just you and me. So go grab your coffee, go grab whatever you need to have with you during this time and get comfortable. And it's just you and me having a little chat. And as always, if you want to be on the show... You can go to empoweredmidge.podbean.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, and find the link that says request a taping. If that's too complicated, that's cool. Just email me, empoweredmidge, at gmail.com, and I would be glad to send you the link to request your taping. Remember that being on the show doesn't mean that you have everything together. It doesn't mean that we all believe the same thing or that we're in the same space. So whether you have a coming out story that is very brutal or very easy or somewhere in between, and maybe you have always had your faith through your coming out, or perhaps you lost your faith or redefined your faith or deconstructed your faith or in the process of deconstructing your faith. The whole point of sharing your story on this podcast is to let the community know that we are all going through something and we are all going to wind up somewhere and then we might wind up somewhere else (laughs) because uh, as I have found in my own life, I'm never the same. I'm ever changing and growing. That doesn't mean that I change the core of who I am. It means that as I grow and I lean into my relationship with the God of my understanding, I'm evolving. I've said it and I'll keep saying it as long as I am still above ground and still breathing. I am the hands, the feet, the the mouth of of what Jesus is saying through me and the Holy Spirit is moving through me. So I'm ever changing and my core principles are the same. You know, how I feel about life, how I feel about God, how I feel about, you know, my relationship, getting deeper with God, that that's the core principles of who I am. However, my callings, my decisions to follow it or not follow it or however that works out that's always changing because we're always evolving our hair grows longer we cut it shorter we change the color well not me so much but (laughs) i just continue to have my natural me um however that kind of flexibility in who we are, whether we gain weight, lose weight, maintain our weight, we're evolving and we're always changing. And that's just part of being human. So I welcome your story. I honor your stories. And even if you may not be LGBTQIA+, but you are an ally or you are an affirming and open uh, pastor, priest, minister, 
I would love to hear also how you guys interact with our community, how you came to that decision that that you can be open and affirming with whatever lessons you might have been taught in seminary or in your home churches. So anything that we can bring to our community to make us pause, to make us think, to make us expand, I'm so open to all of that. And as I said uh, in the last sessions or so, that, you know, my new journey of, of going into lay preaching is another avenue that I can get this message out that we can reclaim our faith if we choose to. We can be in a relationship with the God of our understanding. As I contemplated my journey and where I've been and where I am now, I started having this image of moving into a new house. I know that sounds kind of weird, right? <laughs> but I, I had this image of moving into a new house and you start thinking about what kind of house you want and you think about what kind of land you want to put it on. Is it going to be in the city? Is it going to be in the country? How is it going to look? What do you want it to be like? So you start planning. And in that planning, you make decisions. You make decisions about the room size. You make decisions about the colors. Uh, when we built this house that I'm in now, you had to choose everything from the from the the floor up, like every kind of of description you wanted, the color of the paint, the color of the carpet, the if you were going to tweak something, like we made cathedral ceilings in a part of the house that was really just supposed to be eight feet tall. Uh, we added brick from the floor to the top of the ceiling for a fireplace. Instead of just having the mantle cut off the brick, we extended the brick past the mantle. We made decisions like that as a couple. And um, we also had to choose the brick facing, like what what kind of color of brick it was going to be? What would the roof be like? What color is the roof? What's the paint around the windows? All of those things. It was a daunting task to try to create and build that for ourselves. And we have been quite happy with the choices that we made. There were a few things probably that we would tweak if we had thought about it earlier, but nothing major. So we're really pleased with the layout of the of the home we're pleased with the colors we've changed the colors over time on the inside but on the outside it's it's pretty much stayed the same if we compare that to you building a faith it's really different because building a faith doesn't start out as a personal choice you don't choose necessarily. Now there is a there is a whole belief system that we do choose the family that we are born into and we do choose certain things. Let's put that aside for just a minute, but let's just think about how we know that we came into this world. We were birthed from a parent. And that could have been in a, an array of ways, more more ways now than ever. But we were birthed into existence from a human being. We might or we might not have chosen that person. Once we got here, we were raised by either a single parent or two parents. We may have had gay parents. We may have had straight parents. 
you think about how you started out in your life. The one thing I do want to say to anyone who may be catching this show that I personally believe that you can't make a child gay by having gay parents because we certainly couldn't have made me straight by me being in an entire family of straight people, (laughs) including siblings, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles that I know of. I don't know of any other person in my family except for maybe distant cousins that are gay. So I was not surrounded by any examples that would model that for me. And so I do not believe that children who are living with gay parents will automatically become gay because of what they're seeing in their family home. We all know that biologically we were created to be who we are, and that is just the end of that story. So you come into this family and the family begins to shape you. You have a set of values that the family of your origin starts to instill upon you, either by spoken lessons or by you modeling that. In the beginning, from birth to to three, before you begin to have language and you can start to ask some minor questions, you are told what to do, how to do it. You are taught everything from do you eat with your fingers or do you pick up the fork? What are you allowed to do with that? You know, how are you allowed to, to live your life and how much freedom do you have to live that life? It is a long, long time before you really start to have your own ability to choose for yourself. Now, you might make your choices known. All babies cry. All babies have a temper. All babies can tell you whether or not they want those peas on that spoon, and they may spit it right out back in your face. Uh, so, So you start to have your individuation early on, but as far as being able to just come out into the world and say, hey, I don't want to be a Democrat or a Republican. I don't want to have this faith that you guys have. You just kind of are enveloped into the family system and you have to kind of take what you get. So creating your own inner home, your own inner kind of guidance system is not usually happening for kids. Now, there are some fantastic families out there who do provide more individuation for their kids, more ability to choose. Some go way too far and give kids so many rights too early on before they have the ability to cognitively process what they're choosing and how it could be dangerous or how it could go for them. So I think there needs to always be that balance of of how we raise children with choice and with limits and expectations because there is something to be said for some kind of of ground that you can stand on, that you know firmly that somebody else also has you when you aren't capable of making that decision yet. But even as a very young child, some of us came into the awareness of that you were definitely not liking the body that you're in, or you definitely wanted to be this, or you definitely knew when you were younger that you had an affinity for the same sex. Not all of us were that lucky or unlucky. It depends on how you look at it because it is hard to grow up knowing that and not have the power of choice. 
it is difficult to know that you're not in the right body, that you do have feelings for the same sex, and be in a system that's very closed and maybe super religious to the fact that they can't let you be, be who you need to be and who you are without hearing the words abomination or you're going to go to hell for that. So the system that you're in has already been determined. It would be like if I told you today, hey, I'm moving you into this other house across the town and you don't have a choice about that. Buck up. Whether you like the color scheme or not, you can't change it. You're going to be living there for a while. You're just going to have to handle it. I loved that we were able to choose what felt organically right for us and that we had a lot of autonomy about those choices. Now let's roll back to this house that maybe you're moving into. After you've chosen everything and you get to move into this house, you may be moving from somewhere else. Most likely, this isn't your first house, but even if it is, either way, you have collected things. You have either collected things from living in your own family of origin that are yours, that you are able to take with you, or perhaps you're leaving a home that you had for yourself and you're moving now into a different home, a new home. Or you got married and now you both are moving into a home together and you're going to be blending your stuff so then you have to make a decision. Whenever you're moving into somewhere new, you get to decide if you are financially able to do so, whether or not you're going to buy new stuff or whether or not you're going to use all of your own existing stuff. Some of it may be old and overused. Some of it may still be in very good condition. You look at the color schemes of where you're going. If you get to choose your color schemes, then you kind of know that what you have will blend well with the color scheme that you chose. If you don't get to choose the color of where you're going, some of the things that you choose will impact whether or not you really go into that new house. I have seen walls in homes, and I know you can repaint. I know that, but if I'm buying something brand new, I don't want to invest in paint. I don't want to invest in the work of painting if I'm going somewhere new. I understand it if I'm buying something older and I may need to upgrade it, and I get that. But if it's a new house, if it's somewhere, somewhere I'm going brand new, I would like it to be exactly the way I need it to be. So will your old things fit into this new house? Will you have to buy extra things? Because maybe you're moving into a bigger home and you don't have enough stuff. Minimalists are now driving themselves crazy about this conversation. <laughs> but you, know, you get my drift. You know, are you going to have to downsize because you have too much stuff and you're now going into a smaller location and you can't take everything that you want to take? So that includes, you know, your comfort items, maybe sacred items, photos, um, your favorite chair, whatever it is that makes you feel you, like you and it gives you comfort and peace. What would you be able to take? What would you want to take? And what if you can't take everything you've always had? 
I think I came up with this imagery for myself this morning as I was contemplating this and asking Creator what I'm going to talk about today. This image came up for me because of the world of deconstructing and how people are choosing to deconstruct. Some people, if they are going to go into deconstruction of their faith, they have completely left all of their items at home or they've thrown it in the trash along the way. Some of them actually had a bonfire and they've burned it all up. <laughs> and it is difficult for them to see how to move things into their new awareness. Whenever we learn something new, we get to choose whether or not we're going to replace what we've always believed or thought or done, or we blend it into a hybrid form so that we can have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I had mentioned earlier that I didn't choose to formally deconstruct everything by throwing everything out that I had ever learned or ever believed. I did not want to continue to live in fear. I did not want to continue to believe that I was unworthy or that I was an abomination. So I did choose to look at how I could redefine and relearn a different way to look at things. And exegesis was really helpful for that. Exegesis is spelled E X. E-G-E-S-I-S. -E the reason this was so important to me is that I never knew that I was able to look at a scripture and interpret it myself. It was more of going to church and listening to the preacher tell me what the text meant. And even with my BA in theology, we were learning the doctrine of our church and what our church believed about these scriptures. I was not in the pastoral studies uh, at college to get my BA in theology. That was just a part of learning the Bible and, and what they were telling us that it meant. So that's really different than exegesis. Exegesis is the process of really l discovering the original and intended meaning of a passage of Scripture. And that involves looking at when it was written, who wrote it. Who were they writing it to? What do some of these words mean in the original Greek or Hebrew? And so having good commentaries is really important because you get other people's questions, thoughts, ideas, and it makes it different than just sitting there and swallowing information. You actually get to be a part of discovery and thinking it through. That's why it was so important for David Fearon to be able as a seminarian to say to the people who were writing the new revision that that word they used for homosexual in the Bible in 1946 was wrong because he went back to the orig original Greek and he had also studied Hebrew and he knew that that was not correct. And so he was able to look at it from a different lens than everybody else was looking at it. I understood that the core of what I taught was probably sound. Although there is no one on this earth alive or dead, as far as I know, that can tell me who made God. 
that is one of those miracles of unknowing. And on earth, we are never going to understand <laughs> how that came to be. And it will probably be one of those, ah, oh, man, that makes sense once we find out. And maybe by the time it's time to find out, we won't care. I don't know. But it's always been my bugaboo, and y'all know that about me. The other part of my growing up and my spiritual growth had me really believing that God is vengeful, and he will bring plagues upon you, and he will kill you or have you killed. And the Old Testament is full of fear-mongering. And I understand that some of those stories, of course, were not the stories that God wrote down or that Jesus wrote down, because remember, Jesus was not born in Genesis. He was not on earth yet. The first book in the Bible that even records the birth of Jesus is Matthew chapter 2, 1 and 2. However, remember that God did not really put these books in order. And by dating and studying of the materials that they had, you know, the books are out of order as far as age goes. I always thought that Matthew would have been written first because it was the first book in the Bible, but the majority of scholars say that Mark was the first book to be written and that they can tell by the texts and the structures that Matthew and Luke, which both independently used Mark for their narrative of Jesus' career, and they, they used some writings that they had found, which we're not really sure, apparently, who wrote some of the material that we find under the headings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is why a lot of people want to just throw the entire Bible out, because there are things that they were taught that they're learning that aren't true now, and that there are errors in the Bible, and there are things that are confusing and that we can't prove. And that's where faith comes in for me. The God of my understanding is too vast for me to comprehend because the God of my understanding is God that I don't know how he got created. So it's all based on faith for me, not necessarily finding the truth of what is because I believe that my faith is true. I believe that I don't need to have all the answers, but I seek to learn more answers, not to prove that the Bible's right or wrong, but to understand that the Bible is a collection of stories and recounts and memories that were written way later than when they happened. And they can date the scrolls and the papyrus to be able to figure that out. So I have chosen not to throw out the entire Bible. I'm not going to throw out all of the ugly stuff in the Old Testament. I'm going to continue to use exegesis to figure out, if I can, where that passage is coming from, why is it valid, and what do I need to learn from it. Some of it I may never know. I have heard priests and preachers even say, this is a really hard scripture. We really don't understand what this is about. Because we're all human. There's not a person on earth living now that knows all the original answers. 
The only person who knew what was really happening was Jesus. And Jesus, I don't think, got downloaded with all the information every step of the way. I think he received information, what I call today my own spiritual downloads (laughs) that God grants me when I need them. I think Jesus got downloads when Jesus needed it because he was human and divine, in my opinion, which means that the human part of him might not have been able to absorb all the things that were going to happen ahead of time. I think he kind of knew a global picture of what was going to happen. I don't believe that he had every specific because he would often go and contemplate and meditate with God before he decided where to go next or what he was supposed to do next. So I think he was getting some spiritual downloads for that. So for me, I'm moving into a new house that I'm choosing room by room. I'm choosing color by color how I'm going to bring this new realization from my BA in theology, my upbringing in the Advent Christian Church, the family of my origin, the beliefs of all of the people in my family practically, what they believe, how they were taught, how I was taught. I'm now holding all of that in the same space of being curious and leaning in to see what were the things that I was taught by my family, by my church, by my professors that don't resonate with me now. And I've heard people say, well, you're just trying to to rewrite the Bible so that you can be gay. Well, no, (laughs) I'm not rewriting the Bible. I am looking deeper into the Bible to find what it originally was saying and how I now define what it was really saying and with the God of my understanding that I believe created me to be me, which means I am a white female who has always known in my soul that I would never have sex with a man. As young as I was when I first started figuring out what boys and girls would eventually do together, it nauseated me. I would never, ever choose to do it. And I never did because it was not me. And my body rejected the thought of it. My body would never allow it when I went on some of the dates that I had. I could not do it. Now that doesn't make me weird. That makes me me. That was my way of protecting myself and perhaps even Holy Spirit guiding me to protect myself because the person that I am naturally, the way I handle things, if I had gotten into a relationship, had sexual intercourse, married the person, and then had to disrupt my family, that would have crushed me. And I I feel compassion for all of the later in life gay and lesbian transgender folks who are having to go through that horrendous discussion and realization And I don't think you were wrong to do what you did. Not that my opinion matters, but I'm, I just know that when, as I look back for me, that I don't know if I could have made the brave choice to be who I needed to be 
I would have probably stuck it out and stayed in it and been miserable and probably continued to contemplate suicide and complete a suicide attempt. Back then, I gave myself absolute zero grace. I held myself to an irrationally high standard that I don't expect out of anybody else. And not that I think I'm better than anybody else, but I was extremely hard on myself. Part of that was because I had been told that perfection is what God expected, and I knew that I was far from perfect. If you are currently deconstructing, if you do want to throw everything out with the bathwater, and that is your path, I am not judging you. I just wanted to use this opportunity to tell why I didn't do it and why I'm searching a different way for my understanding. Every person is different. Every person learns a different way. Every person needs to do things a different way so that it aligns with who you are. And so whatever journey you're on, if you're throwing it all out, if you're burning it up, if you don't ever want to see it again, that is your path. For me, I just didn't want to throw it all out because I still believed that there are things that I was taught that are still resonating on some level, even though I may need to redefine it and take a different look at it. What I do want for you is that you can find your journey through this path that you're on with grace and love, not only for yourself, but also for people who are also doing it their way. I love community. I love worshiping with other people. I love serving other people. And so being away from church for me was like the wilderness. And I did have other groups that I had joined, other people that I talked to, and all of that alternative spiritual, not religion activities that I was in fed me and and I liked it and I still love it. I love meditation, I love crystals, I love gongs and and singing bowls and I love all of that. And I think it has value because it does bring us back to the root of simplicity and nature and I believe that in silence and in nature we can find that voice of God and the divine. I am so happy that I can blend some of my past and some new information in my future that will bring me to a place of wholeness, and I think it's going to make me healthier emotionally, physically, and definitely spiritually. I would love to hear your comments and thoughts about this segment, so you can post a comment on the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com or your... um, app, Podbean app, wherever you're listening to, maybe on your streaming device, leave a comment there. Or you can email me at empoweredmidge at gmail.com. I just like to know how this is landing for you and what you're thinking and if you have any other questions about that. I want to thank you guys for honoring me with your presence and listening and subscribing and sharing. I love that we're in community together. If you 
would like to join the Gay With God Facebook group, we do a monthly Zoom group entitled My Faith Journey. We are actually having one tonight at 6.30. Um, and so those of you who may want to be a part of the Faith Journey group, uh, please ask to be a part of the Gay With God Facebook group. Answer all the questions so I can invite you inside. And if you're struggling with your coming out faith journey, or you just need to connect with someone to kind of ask a question or talk about your own experience, you can go to my website, gaywithgod.com, and there is a way for you to have a complimentary session with me, and we can have a conversation about where you're at and whether or not you want to go deeper. If you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, or not even sure yet if you are gay, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.